You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. Back in March, when the rest of Kentucky was all involved in the NCAA bracket challenge, my Instagram was actually doing a wedding movie madness. And we started with 32 movies and we ended up with one movie that you all voted to be the best wedding movie and the proposal won. I wanted it to win, but I wasn't going to rig anything for it to win, but you all picked it. So the reason we did this challenge is so that I could join Callie with Foodies Reviewing Movies on her podcast to talk all things about it. And so we're actually going to share that podcast on The Wedding Whisperer today. Callie, tell us a little bit about your podcast and uh, what we can expect from today. Sure. So the Foodies Reviewing Movies podcast is all about food and movies. It's a nice little marriage of the two together. And uh, I had actually started this podcast at the beginning of COVID. Uh, I was looking for an excuse to get together with friends and do it in a safe manner. And this was one of the things I could think of besides for wanting to have a podcast for quite some time had one attempt before, wasn't super great. It was like eight years ago (laughs) when the podcasting really started. But, uh, you know, after gaining some confidence and sort of narrowing down what my topics were going to be, then the birth of this podcast began in September of 2021. And uh, you can find us, by the way, on socials at FRM Podcast for Facebook and Instagram. If you want to email us with any suggestions on movies or food you'd like to have covered, you can reach out to us on frmpodfan at gmail.com. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So if you're in Germany, which is the second like largest carried fan country out there for us, Germans, if you have a movie you'd like for me to talk about, go ahead and let me know because I'd love to hear about it. Um, but yeah, mostly we do try and focus though on local businesses that we can help support and uh, bring more attention to in Spotlight. Perfect. And the next time I see Kelly, I am going to bring her some Tinker's Cake Shop yes. cake because I have been a Tinker's fan forever and uh, they have been a preferred vendor of Simply Love for 13 years. So I'm, I've got to make sure she's got some cake. But Absolutely. <laughs> in the meantime, we're going to talk all things The Proposal. 2009 classic it's just it's a romantic comedy legend I feel like when it comes to wedding movies and it's one of those when it comes on TV you just stop and watch it Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where it's at in the in the movie you just want to stop and watch it it's a feel good you know what's going to happen but you still want to root for them it's got Sandra Bullock and it's got Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock plays a big time book editor who's faced with deportation but She cooks up a little bit of a a faux engagement to try and keep from returning to Canada. So this uh, film was directed by Anne Fletcher, who's worked on movies like Step Up, Hairspray, and The 40-Year-Old Virgin. So uh, is this one of your more top favorite movies, Sarah? I would say it's in my top probably five all-time favorite Mm. movies. I can't blame you. It's just so good. (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about where we start off in this movie? So we start off in the office Mm -hmm. um, where they're at. And honestly, some of this I didn't even remember until I went back and watched it this this weekend. Mm -hmm. So they start in the office and um, Ron Reynolds is bringing in his coffee Mm -hmm. for he and Sandra Bullock, um, Andrew and Margaret. 
And so there's a little bit of an issue with some coffee. We had to do a shirt change. (laughs) Um, And then Margaret starts off by firing someone. um, And then that kind of starts to backfire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That just makes me laugh. So when she's she's firing a character named Bob, I feel like that really is a perfect representation because you're seeing so much of like her as a character pretty immediately. You're seeing how dedicated she is to work. And then you're seeing like she's just very casual, I feel like, about the just like horror she divvies up the people. She's and there's like, no emotion. Yeah. She's just like, Bob, don't do that. Don't do that, Bob. Oh, yep, you're going to do it. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, she's, I feel like in a lot of ways, she is perfect for corporate America, but she is like, there's little IMs that are being sent, like, it's here and the witch is on her broom. And it's like, oh, God, this woman really has a reputation for herself and seems pretty cold and heartless. We find out later on, not so much. So um, very interesting. But the the scene where uh, we find out she is going to be deported if there isn't a quick charade put into place. (laughs) What are your thoughts about that scene when Andrew comes in and immediately the plan sort of cooked up? I mean, I'm here for it. (laughs) His face was like, what is happening? Uh And I think it's one of those sometimes you have been around somebody for so long Mm -hmm. and, you know, the other people in the office don't know each, don't know those two. Like they know each other. Yeah. They couldn't tell that he was completely clueless. Right. So um, it was, it was funny to watch it back. Basically, he's just in shock. He's like, "What? what is happening? And yeah, so they... To us, it's very obvious that this is not something he's wanting to do. This was not something planned. But, I mean, I think he started to pull out some good assurances like, oh, well, she's going to make me editor, you know, and, uh, you know, she was going to give me a promotion through this. But we didn't want to have it be public because we didn't think, you know, want them to think it was because of that reason. So, you know, I thought that was really smart. Um, and and Andrew is from Alaska, of all places. <laughs> And there's a lot of unexpected that happen. For me, the, the first thing is I'm like, okay, this is beautiful scenery in this movie. Where is this movie actually shot? That was one of the things, the first things yeah. I wanted to know. Yeah, and it's shot in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So in the, the Boston and Rockport area, sort of off the North Shore. So if you don't want to leave mainland U.S., you can go to the Boston area to get to see those beautiful sights and views, which is really nice. Or, I mean, you can go to Alaska. I know it's it's got to be you know just as if not more beautiful <laughs> so but uh what was sort of your first impression about like the the family and sort of what we're walking into here so me being the planner yes my thought was okay the movie is in alaska how long does it take for them to get from new york to alaska mm-hmm. so um minimum was about 12 hours oh. that was i went to look it up because i was curious <laughs> yeah and i'm like how many days like because he was talking about going for gamey's 90th birthday right and i'm like can you even get from New York to Alaska and back on a weekend? Right. Not really. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, I got distracted. I'm sorry. Oh, that, no, you're that not. Was, yeah, what was your question? Oh, no, 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 no. That's that's <laughs> honestly, I love that you did that because I'm the same way. I'm an I'm a uh, A-type personality that's flexible. So uh, a 
flexible stiff neck person, if you would. And uh, yeah, that's like something I typically would do. But like, how long does this take? And the weekend must actually be a week because, I mean, they were talking about, Let, let's do it this weekend and just the amount of time they were spending there. I feel like he maybe left on a Wednesday night. That was what I kind of guessed that they mm-hmm. had to because they had to be back in the immigration office Monday at 11 a.m. Yes. So they would have had to have flown back on Sunday. Wedding mm-hmm. would have had to have been on Saturday. Yeah. So they would have had to have had Thursday and Friday. Exactly. <laughs> so we were right there. We were with each other. And I mean, it's like, I love the, first of all, the cast. I love everyone that was cast. Initially, we almost didn't have Betty White because she was going to have to be away from her golden retriever for like 10 weeks and she was not about it. But they convinced her. And then it was almost Julia Roberts instead of Sandra Bullock. I did not know that. Yeah, apparently she did not want to take a pay decrease. So Sandy took it up. Also, I believe um, the role of the blind side mom that Sandra Bullock also plays may have been Julia Roberts' part initially as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but honestly, I just think Sandra Bullock was way more. Um, she was great. Appropriate for this and for that one. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was the perfect person for yeah. this. Yeah. We we almost didn't have those two key players, which I thought would have been just a massively different movie. Agree. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we got all of them. And I mean, they all just, it, it does seem like Andrew's family is a family. They they play well off each other. There's great chemistry there. I love, uh, you know, Mary who plays the mom. She's just, she's great. You know, we get to meet them and immediately we see this just beautiful landscape, but Margaret is like, oh my God, I have to get on a boat. What is this? Wait, are you an Alaskan Kennedy? What is, like, you own the town? So I I did not, and did see that coming all at once because it makes sense, you know, that like he's left to go to New York to be this uh, this this book editor. What, what were your takes with the... Uh, <laughs> The party, the surprise party. <laughs> I mean, it was only supposed to be originally for him yep. for coming in. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of one of those things being from a small town. That would be normal. Like yeah. if somebody's coming back after a while, he hadn't been there for a while. You get everybody together and that that's completely normal. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if I fly somewhere and I've been in the air and traveling for 12 hours, please don't surprise me. Right. Give me at least a day or yes. two, please. Yes. <laughs> like, not right off the plane. We have a character by the name of Ramon who's played by Oscar Nunez, and he is just cracking me up during this movie. He seems to be the does-it-all guy, one of Sitka's greatest treasures. How do you feel about vendors who maybe do a little too much? So we all have our strengths. Yes. And regardless of what that may be, whether that might be the cake decorator, that might be the caterer, that might be the florist, that might be the rentals, my recommendation is to focus on one or two things Mm -hmm. and do those really well and do those absolutely fantastic. Yes. And I find myself a lot of times wanting to do more, Mm -hmm. Um, especially creative people. Our brain never stops. We always see something we want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I have to reel myself back in. Yes. And so, you know, going to Ramon, he is the, he's serving appetizers at the welcome party. That's the first time we meet him. Yeah. And then we see him doing three other jobs throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So, 
And honestly, he does most of them really well. Right. So they were all very unique <laughs> opportunities that I'm yes. sure. Um, and so yeah, they did not have a lot of other people to do. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those, I think, focusing on what you do best is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, God, the just the, the stripper scene just makes me laugh. He's the island's only exotic dancer. Mm-hmm. The so only one. Great. It's so yeah. great. Another thing, we, we have a lot of things that happen in this movie that can be checked off as vulnerable. We have the naked run-in with Sandra Bullock and, and Ryan Reynolds, which apparently they were friends for years prior to actually working on this movie, almost a decade, I think. And then, you know, it was still a little awkward. And even when, like, they're, uh, you know, I think they call them Merkins or something like that, uh, to hide your business, those would fall off on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have moments like that and then she then ends up becoming more vulnerable because they've been just completely naked in front of each other. So do you, during weddings, uh, receptions, if maybe the um, alcohol's flowing a bit, people start to share a little too much during speeches or elsewhere? Yes. Um, they can get a little handsy as oh. well. Oh, no. Um, they can start disappearing a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, when the alcohol is flowing, things um, can get interesting. Have you heard at all, like, one of those speeches maybe that just a little too much information was shared. And this doesn't necessarily mean you heard it at a wedding, but maybe someone has shared with you. I was actually at a guest once. I I will just say that. I was a guest at a wedding, and I was like, somebody needs to take her microphone away. Oh, no. And that's one of those, like, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a coordinator, it's not like you can just walk up and be like, okay, you're done. Thank you. So. Um, anytime somebody is going to be giving a speech, it is always very important that um, they have something written out mm-hmm. and that maybe there is a keeper for them if they have been drinking prior <laughs> to giving the speech. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, a lot of times people will give speeches at um, or toast at the rehearsal dinner okay. um, to eliminate those from the day of. Mm-hmm. That way nobody gets stage fright. There's Ooh. not as many people. Uh, But typically, for the most part, um, speeches go great. And Mm -hmm. TikTok has some great examples of things that you can say, ways to start speeches now. Um, I've seen some great ones on there. Oh, that's good advice as well. Once again, I'm learning a lot from this conversation. This is great. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've I've been at weddings where people, yeah, they got a little little too uh, emotional, a little too touchy, um, fallen on tables, that kind of thing. Thing. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. didn't see too much of it, but enough to where I was like, oh no, that's a bad look, friend. You shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that. But you know, nothing super scandalous. There was no like you know um, ants hooking up with brothers of the bride or anything like that. So <laughs> any of those uh, inappropriate things. So. We do have this fun scene, and it's one of your favorite scenes in the movie, the woods scene with Gammy and Margaret. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one? So Margaret is kind of having her minor freak out. Yes. I think most couples have this Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, Hers happens to be the day before the wedding because, you know, she's getting engaged on a Wednesday Wednesday, and now she's getting married on a Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, She has that freak out. So she's on her bike. She's headed to the woods and she sees Gammy. And so Gammy is just doing her chanting in the woods and gets her involved, helps her calm down a little bit. 
gets her out of her own head. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is one of my, every time I hear that song come on the radio or anywhere, um, <laughs> yeah. I automatically go back to that scene. It's so good. It's I think it's a great example because there was even like a trivia mentioned on IMDb that initially when you see Sandra Bullock, you're introduced to her character. Her hair, it's very straight and smooth and it's pulled back in a ponytail. And as the movie goes on and she's becoming a little more warmed up, a little more loose, a little more human, um, you see her hair coming down and she's wearing it down where it's like sort of curly-ish, frizzy-ish, and just more natural. And this moment is a particularly great one where she really just lets it loose. And even, you know, Andrew's like, you're a freak, you know? It just gets me. Every and time. I was going to, I didn't know that part. Oh, I mean, I guess I knew that, realized that about her attire, but I, mm-hmm. I loved her outfit in that because she yeah. was so relaxed. She had on flats. That may be mm-hmm. the only time we see her in flats. Yeah. So um, I thought it was a very appropriate outfit for her trip. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this was a little bit more, more natural. Definitely. Yeah. In comparison to her, like proposing on the streets of New York yeah. where she's wearing that just tight pencil skirt, like barely able to get up and stuff, which I applaud her for getting up on those yes. heels like that and not ripping anything on her dress. My God. But yeah, that scene is, is just so it's so great. The song that she chooses to sing is hilarious. And I mean, Betty White just wearing this big old poncho and just, you know, just dancing and giving praise. Um, that sort of brings up, I think, an interesting point of like, there's some traditions being shown here for this family. And um, one tradition that I think is sort of, I think, probably becoming a bit more common than it used to is, you know, like the fathers giving away their their daughters or whatever. Gammy gives away Margaret because Margaret's parents are no longer, you know, with us. So what are some trends that you're seeing in the movie and then some trends that are common in real life and some that are changing and altering? I do think that who is giving the bride away is definitely altering and changing Mm -hmm. and progressing. Um, A lot of times no one is, Mm -hmm. um, or it can be both parents. It can be a child. It can be a sibling. There are no rules for that. And she doesn't necessarily need anybody to give her away either. Mm -hmm. So whatever works for the couple works for all of the guests. Yes. And then as far as traditions, I love that she wears um, Gammy's wedding dress. Yeah. Uh, we do see that a lot. And sometimes it may not be that they were able to get the dress ready for the wedding day, but they might wear it for the rehearsal dinner Aww. or a bridal luncheon. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to kind of incorporate that dress. And then there's also the necklace that had been in the family for 150 years. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of jewelry being passed down, a lot of pearls being passed down. There's something borrowed, there's something blue. There are so many things that we see that we don't even realize that how special it is when it's happening. Yeah, I know like uh, my best friend when she got married, she'd gotten married at Equus Winery, which was a beautiful venue. And um, they had found, I think it was a bracelet or a ring of her great-grandmother's. And they tied it around the um, stem of the bouquet. And I thought that was a really nice idea. And it was like, I think also sort of it helped it not get lost <laughs> as easily because I'm sure that's something that unfortunately happens sometimes where um, those those items may be at risk of being lost. 
So is there a way that you would recommend people sort of keep track of those a little bit easier? Is like wearing a necklace a better decision or a bracelet like actually on your body? A lot of times it really depends on the dress and what accessories that you need. Um, Because there are some churches here, if you have your ceremony at church, Mm -hmm. you have to wear sleeves for the ceremony. Mm -hmm. So it really just, there are so many logistics that go into those things. Um, And a lot of times a fiance will buy their fiance a piece of jewelry for the wedding day Mm -hmm. so whether that be like diamond studs or a tennis bracelet so there are so many things that go into that and so many different scenarios Mm -hmm. so if you are gifting someone jewelry i would recommend mentioning that ahead of time so that they can prepare and plan for that that's a nice suggestion give them a little heads up there's the moment where you have Mr. Gilbertson from the deportation office, which I love Dennis O'Hare. I love him. He plays this role well. But there's the moment where you're like, okay, we know you have feelings for each other, Andrew and Margaret. And she's just like, "Mm, because I do care, because I am falling in love with this person, I can't like trap him because I don't know if she just didn't realize he had those feelings too or what, but she pieces out and she ends up like giving up the whole charade. And it made me just go, no, and like cringe a little bit because it's like, you were so close to love. What are you doing? So, I mean, what were your, you made a sort of face about Mr. Gilbertson. (laughs) Do you have thoughts on him? (laughs) He just annoyed me the entire time. I get it. It was his job. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a movie. It ended great. Mm -hmm. But I do wish that maybe they would have gone through with it or he would have caught her before she left. Yeah. 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 The part where he's like at the airport and he's like, hey, look down. And he's like, I'm sorry. I couldn't stop the. Why couldn't you have stopped the plane? Exactly. (laughs) Like You You could have stopped that plane. You could have told them to turn around and come back. But no, there, there had to be that big romantic gesture of coming into the office and being like, shut up. I love you. Yeah. You know, so I get it. But it yeah. started and it ended in the office. Exactly. So it's the full circle. And then it, the part where the guy's like, yeah, you tell her, Andrew. <laughs> that made me laugh. And I think that's like, it's great because all of a sudden you're seeing him being more ballsy involving just being like, no, we've we've now we've seen each other naked. We're now in love and you're not just my boss and I'm not going to let you just walk all over me, which I think is good because that would not be a successful relationship if he continued to cower in fear. So but uh, yeah, I, and the ending credits with the people at the deportation office was so funny. Mm-hmm. I love those ending credits. I think really those were some of the best ones I've seen in a while. And two. Did you notice at the end that It Takes Two was playing? Yes, I did. I did not notice that until I watched it this time when yeah. I was really like playing a t- paying attention <laughs> yeah. to what was happening. So yeah. I was like, that was a solid It, it The, so, solid the songs were so good in this. Like, yeah. The soundtrack is awesome. It was, speaking of songs, they're singing that same song mm-hmm. in the one scene. Yeah. I just love the fact that like, you know, we have the typical Ryan Reynolds, but we also have like, this is where Margaret really starts to open me up and like, I'm singing the song and I'm like, you know, I like the Psychic Network and just just all of these different things. I I love to sort of get to see that like exposure. And I know like during weddings, you know, when they're having the speeches and stuff like that, there may be like some fun little tidbits that are said. And once again, sort of going back to the TMI category, do you feel like there's a good stopping point when you're in the middle of having a speech about someone where maybe you shouldn't cross a certain line 
when it comes to sharing intimate details. There are absolutely lines that you should not cross during your speeches. Yeah. And I think there are time limits, too. Mm-hmm. I think a two to three minute speech is more than enough. Yes. Always make sure you practice your speech in front of someone else to make sure if you if you have any questions about whether it's appropriate or not, mm-hmm. uh, do a check with somebody else before you do it in front of 150 people. Yeah. And if you're trying to be like a Michael Scott from The Office, where he's trying to sort of make this, a uh, you know, a comedy routine, maybe practice that in front of people, too, to make sure you're actually going to get some laughs. Yes. And that way it's not just like deadpan, just no reaction. You know, we all want to laugh. So just make sure it's funny. Yes. You know. And there are services out there where that can help you write speeches if you need help. That's good to know, too. Okay. So, yeah, anyone who maybe you're not quite sure how you want to handle it, go ahead and either, like, read it to somebody or look up one of those services. Make sure that if you want to have that spotlight on you for a few minutes and you really want to shine, that you go ahead and you get the help to do that. Mm -hmm. So we all want that for you. We want it to be a happy time for everybody, but just don't be ridiculous. So please and thank you. Speaking of, of ridiculous, I don't think the budget was necessarily ridiculous for this movie. Forty million dollars, I feel like, with the stars you had in this, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I think that was was reasonable. I think it was ridiculously awesome how much money they got in the box office. It was three hundred seventeen point four million dollars. So yeah, they got their return. They got their return like threefold. So <laughs> actually more than that. So good for them. This movie overall, it was a six point seven out of 10 on IMDb, a 77% on Just Watch, and 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that sort of where you would rank it, or you think you'd rank it a little bit higher? I probably would have put it a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. What, um, what are you thinking? I mean, for me, it's one of my favorite movies. I like the comedic. I like the the romantic. Mm-hmm. I don't do any scary. Okay. When I go to the theater, I want something that's going to take me away from today's world mm-hmm. and what's happening in my life. I don't want to pull my phone out for two hours. Yes. And honestly, when I watched this the other night, the only reason I had my phone out is because I wanted to make some notes for today. Right, right. And I've seen it a dozen times, and I still wanted to be fully involved in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more of like an 8 out of 10. You know, I'm thinking that's more of a reasonable (laughs) rating from me. It did receive 20 nominations and seven wins. Okay. So I think like half of the wins were from MTV Movie Awards. But the movie, it hasn't received awards in a while. But today it's going to receive an award from us, our Oscar Mayer Wiener Award. So this is the part of the show. You can give this award to whoever or whatever you want, whether it was an awesome extra in the background who was just like doing the best dance moves to one of the main characters to the videographer or editor who would you give your award to Sarah? I mean, I feel like uh, Ramon. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just appropriate that Ramon, whose name is Oscar, yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. should get the award. Yeah, that's. I was gonna do like a little joke because I also picked Ramon, but since you're gonna give it to him, um, you know, because I that he is my my top pick. I would actually say the casting directors. Then. Okay, I'd say the casting directors, which were uh, Kathy Sandrich and Amanda Madeley Johnson. I think like if they hadn't done such a great it job getting those people, it wouldn't have been the same movie. So um, yeah, definitely 
recently, Oscar, I think Betty White's a great one to give a little shout out to, uh, late great Betty White. So yeah, just overall, I think this this movie is just so fantastic. Love it. Something else I love are all these wonderful little quips that they give. So let's go ahead to our sweet endings. This is the part of the show where you can mention your favorite quotes. You can give an honorable mention if you'd like as well. So who is your quote from? What quote is it? Okay, so you're going to laugh. Okay, good. This was like my favorite quote that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. So when they first get to um, Sitka and Andrew is helping Margaret get all of her luggage mm-hmm. down and uh, get in the boat to go to their home, he throws over um, <laughs> the Louis Vuitton luggage. Yeah. Or maybe she threw it. I'm not sure who threw it over. Yeah. And he was like, and it hits the water. <laughs> And he goes, oh, five-second rule. It'll dry right off. I didn't knew you were going there as soon as you said yeah. that. And so it's literally just a $1,000 piece of luggage that hits the water. Like, no big deal. And so I, that just, for whatever reason, uh, oh, five-second rule. <laughs> it got me. It got me. <laughs> I've, got, I've got two. One of them was from the beginning of the movie prior to Alaska, where she has just fired Bob and Margaret says, what's his 20? And then Andrew goes, he's moving. He has crazy eyes. That gets me every single time. And then the second one is during your favorite scene when Andrew is like, balls, that's what's come to your heart. And she's like, you know, and it went with the beat. So... Both both ones are ones that just they made me cackle. There's such a great like there's so many good one liners. I mean, there's the whole like Betty White's character is like, do you prefer Margaret or Satan's mistress? That's one that was in contention. <laughs> Overall, I definitely recommend rewatching this movie. It's it's just such a laugh. Such a great movie, whether it's by yourself with the girls, with the couple. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. You can't go wrong. Yeah, there's something for everybody, you know? So, um, well, once again, if you wouldn't mind, Sarah, just sharing your socials with us. So my Instagram is Simply Love Studio and the Wedding Whisperer podcast. And then Facebook is Simply Love Studio. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. It's been great having you here. Definitely would love to have you back on again for another movie involving weddings. Maybe we could do it again next March and (laughs) do another bracket. There we go. That sounds like a great plan. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.